Welcome to another edition of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. This is Jane Reardon, and I'm the host for this episode, which is being recorded from the National Conference of Bar Presidents 2021 Virtual Annual Meeting. As a national network, NCBP brings together current and past leaders of state, metropolitan, and affinity bar associations to share ideas about how to address critical issues facing the legal profession. Joining me now, I have Bill Bay and Laura Farber, co-chairs of the coordinating group on Practice Forward. Bill is a partner in the St. Louis office of Thompson Coburn. He's past chair of the ABA House of Delegates and a past chair of the ABA section of litigation, as well as a past member of the ABA Board of Governors. He's also a member of the American Law Institute and has been selected as a chair of a number of statewide commissions in Missouri examining critical issues in the practice of law. Laura Farber is a partner in the Pasadena, California office of Han & Han, where she is a member of the firm's litigation and employment practice groups. For the past five years, she's been a California delegate to the ABA House of Delegates and has held numerous leadership positions within the ABA, including a member of the Board of Governors, Chair of the Young Lawyers Division, and Chair of the Solo and Small Firm Division. With these credentials and breadth of experience, you can see why Bill and Laura were tapped by ABA Presidents Judy Perry Martinez and Trish Rifo to co-chair the coordinating group on Practice Forward. So this is something that I'm just going to ask you. Let's jump right in. Laura, why was the Moving Forward survey done? Well, the Moving Forward survey was done, Practice Forward, because we wanted to learn about current and future expectations of practicing lawyers during this pandemic. And the best way to address member issues, needs, goals is to ask them. And so we needed to do this and also in the context of a diverse membership that's you know growing to be quite diverse. So we put together a survey that was conducted in about September, October of 2020. We had um, almost 5,000 respondents Uh, which allowed us to basically have a national representative sample of ABA members, which was hugely important. And we also had the ability to analyze large member subgroups because of, you know, the large representative sample. So we asked them, you know, what are your challenges? What are your concerns? What are you seeing? What are you experiencing? And then um, after we received the survey, a report was generated about 75 pages, which is full of data and findings and recommendations, and it's very well well worth the read. Oh, yeah. It's a fabulous report. I highly recommend people look at it. And you have every uh, practitioners from every segment, um, you know, and sector of the industry. Can you briefly summarize the key significant findings, Laura? Sure. Well, first of all, more than half of all lawyers work from home 100% of the time, which was surprising. We also found that lawyers were overwhelmed with all they have to do. Uh, They were worried about employer support, workplace resources, recognition, especially when you're not physically in the office, job security, uh, worried about client access and how to develop business, you know, and obviously a different platform. Billable hour requirements had not been reduced 
Um, and so there were much higher levels of stress in trying to manage that whole work home thing, especially when your lines are kind of faded when you're working from home. Higher levels of disengagement from work and greater thought about whether it was even worth it. And, and there was a huge amount of, um, and, and there's been a lot of publication about this, of women um, deciding whether or not they want to continue uh, leaving the workforce or going part-time. And a lot of it had to do with the impact on, on lawyers with young children, especially women. There were pos- there was positive findings about having sufficient business to meet you know, goals, revenue goals. People were busy. And interestingly, probably not surprisingly, anticipating less need for office space but they still wanted to keep their private office. <laughs> but the commercial real real estate, you know, aspect of all this is probably going to change. And then there was a you know a lot of data questioning issues about culture and engagement. Uh, but interestingly, the data that stood out were the tremendous pressures on women with children. Women wanted supportive, engaged employers. They wanted comprehensive plans for sick and family leave, providing subsidies for childcare, tutoring, and family care, taking care of seniors. Also. The other pandemic, keep in mind, in my view, there were two pandemics. We had, you know, COVID-19, but also the racial justice, social justice issues. There were lawyers, 47% of lawyers of color feeling stress at work, at least some of the time, on account of race and ethnicity, and 19% of them feeling stressed very often or almost all of the time. And then, of course, the double bind, the intersectionality of race and gender. Women and lawyers of color, much less optimistic about the legal profession, and whether the legal profession was positioned long-term to be as diverse and inclusive as the nation. Fascinating, fascinating. Bill, how can individual bar associations use the practice forward information to help their members? We started off with wanting to meet lawyers at their point of need, but the other issue, and you get to your question gets right to it, is to equip bar associations and members with data, recommendations, and resources So what can bars do? Number one, they can access it and provide a link to every member. They can provide the report to every member. Um, The recommendations, which are very practical in nature, 17, 10 for employers, 7 for individual lawyers. The recommendations and data really help enhance the position of people who are sitting at the table to give them the data as they advocate for what their employers should do or what how the profession should be. Um, The other practical thing, I think, is that bar associations can look at this and say, gee, we need to survey our members. We need to use shorter instruments and let's get data from what our members are seeing to see if it's consistent with what we're seeing on a nationwide basis. I suspect they do, but I think members want to be here from an association that is responsive to their needs. Yeah. This practicing law in the pandemic and moving forward survey was an integral part of the discussion at the plenary session of the National Conference of Bar Presidents virtual conference. What is another way for information to be shared between and among bar associations so that one can access this information and learn what other bar associations are doing, Bill? Well, I think there are several things. Number one, at Practice Forward on the website American Bar, we've got lots of different resources you can access and use and share. Number two is that NCBP has graciously agreed to be the repository for information sharing. If you have a success story in your bar, you want more information, please share it at ncbp.org slash ABA Practice Forward. The other thing is there's resources in the Division of Bar Services, which is accessible through the AmericanBar.org. 
I mean, personally, I love to see what other bars are doing. Sometimes what they're doing is exactly what we should do in our in St. Louis or Missouri. But other times it sparks another idea, an extension or a different approach that's inspired by what somebody else has done. I think you should never be hesitant to use both these resources NCBP and Division of Bar Services, plus also Practice Forward, and contact people, talk through their work, hear from them. That's what that's one of NCBP's primary functions, and it does it so well. Really, that's so true. Laura, you mentioned being surprised by um, the fact that a um, certain amount of people were working remotely. What did you find was most surprising about the survey results? First of all, I didn't I didn't expect the the depth and breadth of concern um, among working parents and especially uh, women thinking about leaving the workforce or you know going part time. I mean, I I never appreciated at least at the time, you know how intense this was and and navigating those boundaries. I mean, you don't think about when you're at home and you're working and you know if you're having an attorney client privilege conversation and you have somebody close by that's hearing this. I mean, privacy issues, things of that nature that you just don't think about half of those issues that that you really need to focus on. And then of course, you know, how is this going to impact seniors um, and, and senior lawyers? I mean, that's an area that we did not delve into and we probably need to uh, do a little more focus on because, you know, how how is this working in terms of people's retirement? You know, are they are they expediting their retirement or are they thinking about staying around longer because they can't afford to retire, you know, things of that nature. I mean, that's something that we, you know, we did not see specifically, but we think is something that we're going to want to delve into. So there, there were a lot of surprises in this survey, but also a lot of things that I guess shouldn't have been a surprise. Yeah. Sounds like another surveys down the road, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bill, of the changes and trends we've seen during the pandemic, what do you think is going to stick? Well, I think of several things. Uh, it's an evolving dynamic situation. So what we think may stick tomorrow will be different than today. But let me th- say hybrid meetings are here to stay. Flexible and different work settings are here to stay. Better technology. How many times have we already gotten surveys about what we need from home? Uh, hoteling. Uh, a lot of firms are talking about having hoteling where you, you're based at home, but you come in from time to time and just reserve a room. Um, in terms of leadership, I think you see the need for more engaged, transparent, and accountable leadership. We are learning we have to be better listeners. We have to listen to what our members are saying and what they need. Wellness, parenting help. Laura's talked some about that. It's crucial. It cannot be an either-or game. We have to train people to be better lawyers, but also in wellness and parenting help and make sure that we're there. Uh, the other thing we've got to make real impact on diversity, equity, and inclusion. We have to recognize and value the unique nature of these issues and provide solutions to the challenges facing diverse lawyers. You see the concerns in the survey. The other thing is there has to be accountability and reporting on progress. Um, so there's got to be that. Uh, we talked offline about whether there's going to be virtual hearings and conferences with clients and business development virtually. Sure, there's going to be. That's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen, I think. Well, that's an awful lot. Somebody's got to set some priorities because it just seems overwhelming to throw that onto, um, onto bar associations. Laura, do you think bar associations can provide the assistance that's needed? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think there's no question that they can provide it. I mean, they're best situated to provide it, frankly, because they're the ones that that can, you know, 
set forth best practices, give the resources, you know, whether it's on well-being and mental health, which is a huge area, by the way, I will continue to mention that, self-care, providing volunteer and pro bono opportunities, which go hand in glove with the whole self-care and the need to give back and the importance of that. Um, also setting forth whatever other resources might exist, maybe a, a chat group, um, you know, or uh, I know that LA County Bar, for example, where I, you know, that's my bar, my local bar, has an Attorneys Anonymous group where people can just speak about the issues that they're confronting and facing. You know, how can we develop um, better practices for ourselves, lawyers working in whatever the practice settings happen to be? And then of course, coming back to the issues of of parenting with young children, what what are the best resources and practices for facilitating that and making sure that we don't lose women in this profession? I mean, we don't lose, uh, you know, people of color. We, we, we remain diverse and inclusive as a profession that reflects the beautiful diversity, uh, you know, of our society. I mean, I'm very, very concerned about making sure that bar associations can pursue and advocate for and provide the resources so that all of that can happen. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And it seems Seems like um, after the strides, as as not as far as we wish they had been made, we don't want to lose those strides um, because of the pandemic. Because we still have work to be done uh, to make our profession more diverse. Um, so, Bill, in terms of setting priorities, what should the ABA bar associations and the profession be doing next? We've got to adjust our approach to the new normal. And I think it's it may be a more process. There's it's not clear exactly what everything is gonna how it's gonna change, but I think how we have to approach things changes. And the keys I think are listening, content, and delivery. And what do I mean by that? The number one challenge for leadership is always listening. Focus on what members want. We need to be sure that we hear from people outside of leadership, outside of people who are active to make sure that we are hitting their point of need. Are we delivering what members want and need as opposed to what we think they need and want? So that's gonna be number one. Number two is your content is your currency. Content has to be relevant, timely, dynamic, and dynamic means we have to be prepared to adapt quickly. Um, Every bar has content in CLE. We have to spend it wisely and adjust it based on member input. And then I think delivery, you know, we, it's, it's beyond websites. Great to have a website. We focus on a website that's easy to use, but we, not everybody will come. We have to go where our members are, email, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. So I think it's, it's a process that will adjust to the new normal. Those are kind of the key elements, I think. Fantastic. It's a great report. It's chock full of information. Laura, last question here, or please tell the audience, how can they access the survey results and related resources for using that data to provide initiatives in their bar associations? Well, go to, go to the website, ambar.org slash practice forward. Dot com. And also we, are, we uh, take, as Bill uses the term prime real estate, I love that term, <laughs> on the front of, um, of the ABA website. We are there and you know we're on the ABA page. You can access through our practice forward, you can access the entire survey, 75 pages, and also a ton of amazing resources that the ABA has provided content from all kinds of areas that will be very useful to bar associations. Yeah, that content is very useful, very practical. You must take a look immediately. Well, we've reached the end of the road for this episode. 
I want to thank our guests for joining us today, Bill Bay and Laura Farber. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Please visit ncbp.org to find out more about the National Conference of Bar Presidents. If you like what you heard, please rate and leave us a review in your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.